0: Hello everybody, this is Jake McGrail, and alongside me are Corey Branson and Mike Liu of CITR Sports, broadcasting live from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. This past weekend was not a great one for most of our UBC men's teams. The exception was golf, where both teams did quite well for themselves as usual. But football, men's soccer, and men's rugby all struggled. On the other side of the coin, women's soccer and rugby both continued their perfect starts to the year, while field hockey began their season with a bit of a mixed bag. Now, we will once again start the show by looking at soccer.
1: Yeah, let's kick off with the men's team. Uh, they began the weekend on the front foot with a 1-0 win over the UFE. Lone's goal was scored by Mackenzie Cole off a great pass from Nick Fusel. Yeah, somewhat surprisingly in this one, the Thunderbirds were outshot, eleven to six. Uh, though they
2: did have four of those shots on target compared to just two for the Cascades. Yeah,
0: it's not usually what you see from the men's team. Uh, this game was also very physical. There was a combined twenty-nine fouls and ten yellow cards between the two teams. That includes four yellows in the last five minutes of the game. No one was sent off though. Just uh, a lot of lot of uh, roughhousing on display.
1: Getting out shot was a bit of an ominous warning, as the real story was what happened on Sunday. Uh, this game was an absolute disaster. Um, it, the Thunderbirds suffered their worst loss, and Ben Steiner and I, we went back and took a look at um, well the last time UBC had ever lost this bad, and we could only find records up until 2010. But UBC lost? five to one. Not, n- not four, not three to one, five to one. <laughs> against UFV, a team that has previously, they've never beaten UBC. It, it is absolute shambolic for this to happen. Yeah, we don't really
2: want to hammer this home
1: too much more than we have to,
2: but here's some <laughs> stats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> UBC conceded at less than 30 seconds in, uh, so a bit of an inauspicious start. Then they gave up a penalty that was saved by Bennett McKay, uh, but McKay couldn't keep up further attacks as UFV went
1: up 4-0 at halftime. <laughs> Logan Chung managed to get one back, and we were thinking, hey, uh, UBC Soccer has done more improbable things before, maybe they could actually get a result out of this game. Uh, Unfortunately, unlike UNBC, who came back from 3-0 down to tie 3-3, the Cascades added one more to put the score to 5-1, and that was how the game ended for their first win of the season. Talk about an emphatic start.
0: Yeah, UBC got outshot 14-4 to in this one, again, against a team that was previously winless on the season for their worst loss in however long we have records 12 for. years. In at least 12 years, possibly more. We don't know for sure past that. But just a a, ter- a terrible, terrible time out there for the team. Uh, someone that it wasn't a terrible t- uh, day for was UFV's Trevor Zanata, who actually became the first player in Canada West history to ever have four assists in one game, and he was obviously named Canada West Men's Soccer Player of the Week after that. I'm happy that here at UBC, we can be the
2: catalyst for this kind of thing. <laughs> it's getting broken. Really puts a smile on my face. Oh, no. uh, after that uh, horrendous loss, the Thunderbirds are now 2-1-3 and on the season. Not the end of the world, though. There's a lot of parity in the Canada West this year. Uh, they're still tied for third in the Pacific Division, uh, so all is not yet lost. Next up, they do return home this weekend, and they're going to play our sister school, UBC Okanagan, hopefully looking to get back on the right track.
1: Uh, talking about the right track, though, the women's team continued their strong start, not faltering against the Cascades, and they picked up two wins to move to 6-0 on the season. The first game was a 2-0 win uh,
0: on Friday. Yeah, it was Tess McRae who opened the scoring for the Thunderbirds in the 36th minute in that first game. UBC held on to the 1-0 lead all the way into stoppage time, where right near the end, Sophie Damien added an insurance goal to steal the win.
2: Yeah, it was a shutout, but it wasn't always smooth sailing. The Cascades had quite a few chances in this one, especially in the first half. Uh, and Emily Moore, pride of a <laughs> High School, had to make seven <laughs> saves. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I had to say the point about Emily
1: Moore. Whatever will I do? Oh, it's okay. She, she's, been, she's been the star of the show. And the second game on Sunday, similar fashion. Thunderbirds opened off the scoring in the first half. Uh, this time, it was Danielle Steer again. I'm just going to say, Golden boot contender right here. Mm-hmm. She recorded her seventh goal in the season, which I believe puts her tied third for yes. in all Canada The, West the only
0: problem is there's someone for Calgary who, if I remember correctly, has twelve goals. And she's what? from Richmond eight, in eight games. Richmond or BC. Like that. <laughs> How? So steer steers over a goal per game and yet looks like she is an underdog to actually be able to win the golden boot, which is pretty crazy. Uh Emily Hooten added a second goal for UBC, her first of the season. Uh, to make it 2-0, before the Thunderbirds conceded a goal for the first time all season, it took 528 minutes of play before they conceded. It was Haley McCambly scored for UFV in the final 15 minutes or so. The Thunderbirds did, though, hold on and won 2 one Can't be perfect, I guess. Can't be re- <laughs> can't be perfect for an entire season. <laughs> they're, they're close. They're close. They close. almost made it. <laughs> uh, Sophia
2: Ferreira continued her very strong start to her Canada West career. The rookie defender got an assist in
1: both games this past weekend and has four in five games this season. And look at look at our T-Birds go. They remain fourth in the national rankings, even though they're still undefeated. Uh, the one team that's ahead of them is Trinity West, who have been absolutely torching uh, all Canada West defenses. They have one of the best goal-scoring records in the entire conference. They're at 8-0, and so UBC will face the Spartans here at home next week. But first... Yeah. The first, the Thunderbirds have to play UBC Okanagan this weekend. It would be
0: really cool if they are able to go into the weekend against Trinity Western with both teams undefeated. We'll see if they can make it happen. UBCO, they are winless this season. However, they do have three draws and they did actually manage to score twice against the Spartans when they played them in a close loss earlier in the season. So they're not going to be uh, pushovers despite their record. We're going to transition here to golf now. Uh, The Thunderbirds did all they could to save the school's
2: reputation after that shellacking on the part of the men's (laughs) soccer team. Uh, The Squamish Valley Golf Club was the host course for the Canada West Championships earlier this week, where UBC won the team competitions in a couple of landslides. For the women, the crown has been retained as that team won the inaugural championship in 2019. And for the men, it was a successful revenge tour as the UFE Cascades were victorious in their division
0: two years in the past, but not so this year. Fraser Valley finished second in the men's competition behind the Thunderbirds, but it wasn't even close. Even after day one, UBC was already 10 strokes ahead. They ended up with a final team score of 25 under, which was 23 strokes better than the Cascades, their closest competition.
1: But again, alas, Corey, the men's individual title still eluded the Thunderbirds uh, at the Canada West Championship. I Champions said Tour. it already. We can't be perfect. <laughs> we can be very, very close. Russell Hallett had, a, had himself a great tournament, He, but unfortunately he couldn't manage to hold on to his day one lead. Uh, he got beaten by Calgary's Ethan Banks in a playoff. The two finished the tournament tied at 7-under. Yeah, Mackenzie Bickle shot a 7-under
2: 65. It was the best round of the tournament. That was on Tuesday, the second day, uh, which meant he tied for third with a 6-under total, just one shot out of that playoff. Ethan DeGraff, friend of the show, was one back of Bickle in a fifth-place tie. Dylan McDonald tied for ninth at minus three, and J.P. Callert rounded
0: out the contingent in
2: 11th at one under.
0: I mean, if that if those results for the men's team were dominant, then the women's team was, again, another level past that, It was 27 strokes that they won by finishing with a total team score of plus three compared to ubc okanagan's plus 30 final score
2: i just want to note to our listeners out there i put a great metaphor in the script <laughs> here and jake chickened out of using it when describing the difference between the teams but that's fine i'm not better Do you want to say it now yes i was gonna say if the men's team crushed it the women put their opponents in the hydraulic press
0: there we go we got it there we go let's <laughs> go
1: clip it quote it <laughs> All right, um, moving on to actual the actual stats. Grace Bell won her first individual title with the Thunderbirds. Congratulations. She finished the only gar, uh, golfer under par for the championship. Her one under total was five shots ahead of UVic, uh, Sukrit Harjal, the Vike that seemed to be the only competition all throughout the season for the UBC women.
2: Yeah, at least in Canada West, uh, she's the only one who's been able to beat uh, UBC in any of these tournaments. Uh, one shot back of Harjai, Una Chu, Emily Lee, and Sonia Tang all shared a bronze medal finish. Bo Brown faltered a bit in the second round. She had a good first round, but couldn't quite keep it up. Though her eventual six-over total was enough to finish in sixth place, and that meant that all five T-Birds ended up in the top six.
0: That's not half bad. Yeah, if, if it only wasn't for that pesky Victoria Vike,
1: it, could have, it could, have
2: been, could have been totally perfect. Just because they're from
0: Victoria, I'll allow it. <laughs> wow, all right. Then on the other end of the spectrum... We, we don't normally like to bully other schools too much, but this was just insane. Alberta was 174 strokes back of the Thunderbirds, and Lethbridge was 160 back for I the know, tournament.
2: Every, every day on the golf course, you lose a couple shots here and there. <laughs> you leave a putt short. Your irons get shanked a little bit. These things happen. 174 strokes, a lot of bad things happen.
1: <laughs> It's no big deal. Might, <laughs> well, might have been the Squamish special. We, we, we don't know. But the golf season is just about to wrap up. Each team has one more tournament before the spring. UBCO Invitational at the Okanagan Golf Club this Sunday and Monday. Both teams will look to complete the sweep uh, early in this early season action as no team title has yet escaped a grasp. And
0: that would be pretty dang impressive if they go an entire semester with both teams winning literally every tournament that they take part in.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because the women's team pre-pandemic, pre-huge break, they were they were very dominant. And this was sort of, um, this was normal for them. This was something we expected. But for the men's team, they've really stepped it up. We mentioned the fact that in the Canada West Championships a couple of years ago, they did not win. It was much, much closer. And then you see uh, this week, a 23-stroke margin of victory. That's quite an improvement and so it's good to see that they both teams are pretty much equally dominant at this point.
0: And another team that's had a fantastic start to the year is the women's rugby team. They entered the halfway point of the regular season now 3 and 0 after they beat Calgary at home 39 to 20.
1: Yeah, the game didn't start well, though, as the end score might suggest. Rory Wood scoring a try for UBC in the first minute. Uh, the Dinos responded with 13 unanswered points to take the lead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Emily Baker
0: and Savannah Botter scored tries of their own for the Thunderbirds in that first half. But Calgary, perhaps a little surprisingly, held on to their lead. They entered halftime actually winning 20-17, to giving UBC a real test here at home. Yeah, the Thunderbirds did respond really
2: well in the second half, though. They had 22 straight points out of the gate. Piper Logan and Botter both scoring two tries each. Uh, They shut out the Dinos on the other end, turning the halftime deficit into
1: an eventually comfortable and convincing win. And for the second half, absolute dominant display she put on. The Botter was named Canada West Rugby Player of the Week after her performance, where she recorded three tries for the second straight week. Yeah, this is the first time ever that the
0: Thunderbirds have started 3-0 and in Canada West play, showing how uh, dominant this team has been. They've outscored their opponents 130-40 to <laughs> over the three games. That's obviously helped by how badly they beat Alberta uh, the other week, <laughs> but still, all three of their wins have been by wide margins, and they are now ranked number five in the country.
2: Welcome to CITR Sports. We're talking about the Thunderbirds play second fiddle to ripping on Alberta. Yes, <laughs> especially this week. Oh boy. Uh, UBC does have this week off before they play Lethbridge at home next Thursday. The
0: Pronghorns are 2-1 and one this season and play again this week before they take on UBC. And for men's rugby, it wasn't as successful of a day uh, compared to their home opener, which they won against Trinity Western, this time out, they lost 34-22 to 22
1: to the club team
0: Wave Rugby.
1: Yeah, uh, where men's rugby is in that interesting spot where they're like, wow, we're a club team, we're also varsity. Uh, And they don't play in Canada West competition. Anyways, both teams were from Vancouver, so there was a good crowd on hand. And the more experienced Waveside took that in stride, struck first. They got a try in the third minute. And minutes later, they went up 14 to nothing.
2: Yeah, the Thunderbirds were completely stymied on offense in the early going and repeatedly were getting pushed back on defense. The Wave scored another try late in the half to go up 21 to nothing heading into
0: halftime. Yeah, that's not normally the type of situation the men's rugby team usually finds themselves in. The Wave, again, scored with a penalty early in the second half before the Thunderbirds, then mounted a comeback. They got an Owen Rutten try, followed by Connor Byron in the 63rd minute, and then Dakota McMullen just a few minutes after that. To actually cut the lead to
1: five, it was 24 to 19. It looked like they might be able to pull off this massive comeback. I just want to shout out McMullen. McMullen's try. I got it on Twitter. He front flipped into the try zone to get that uh, score in. It was one of the best tries I've ever seen. Uh, unfortunately, after the two sides traded penalty kicks, which is three points a ap- uh, piece. Wave put the game out of reach in the final minutes with one more try, ending the comeback and giving the UBC Thunderbirds the loss. This was actually the most points
2: the Thunderbirds have allowed in a home game in
1: 10 years.
2: Uh, over 10 years, actually. It was March 24th, 2011. Uh, they lost 58-14. to to the University of California. It's not that bad, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite men's soccer bad.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh God. The men's rugby team, they also have this week off like the women's team before they host Victoria in a continuation of this uh, Coastal Cup here at home uh, next weekend. Now we will take a quick break for ads and PSAs. When we come back, we will focus on the field hockey season openers as well as football's homecoming game. RedCat Records is an amazing artist owned and operated record store. Shop from their diverse online music collection and get free shipping within Vancouver and the Lower Mainland with the purchase of two or more LPs. If you would like to further support them through the evolving COVID 19 crisis, you can do so by buying a gift card to use at a later date. Visit www.redcat.ca for more information. We don't need to tell you that vancouver has a housing problem
1: mass evictions mass rent evictions
0: unfair rent increases
1: what happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction if these or other housing matters
0: concern you you may be interested in joining the vancouver tenants union for more information visit tenantsunion.ca welcome back you're listening to thunderbird eye on citr 101.9 Now it's time to talk about some field hockey.
2: For sure. So we are in the middle of a global pandemic right now. I'm sure you've heard. So to lessen travel for our field hockey teams, the women's field hockey regular season is divided into two tournaments of four games each between the three teams in the conference. Playing in Victoria this past weekend, the Thunderbirds lost twice to the Vikes and beat Calgary twice.
1: The two wins over Calgary were both blowouts 7-0 on Friday and 5-0 on Saturday. Thora Ray scored three times for UBC over those two games. Jordan uh hmm. <laughs> any of <laughs> any of you want to help me on the pronunciation? I think it's Faychak. Faychak, okay. Uh Jordan Faychak <laughs> scored twice, with Miranda Yi, Michaela Sterling, Kaylee Chow uh, Chow, Izzy Fraser, Jillian Wallace, Ka- uh, Kaya Cooper, and Sarah Goodman all find in the net as well. A complete just Utter dominance and a lot of names for us to talk. About. I was going to say,
2: <laughs>
0: did anybody not score?
1: Yeah, this is the entire <laughs> team basically
0: uh, scoring and continuing our trend this week of making fun of Al- uh, the Alberta schools. The five nothing loss was actually Calgary's best result of the four game <laughs> tournament because Victoria beat them seven nothing and six nothing. <laughs> they were not having a good time out there. <laughs> oh man. <Oof. laughs>
2: Uh, Unfortunately, the Thunderbirds also lost to the Vikes twice, first 3-1 on Saturday and then 3-0 on Sunday. Goodman scored the lone goal for UBC in the two matches, though it was more of a consolation one, as they were already down 3-0 at
1: that point. Uh, This means that UBC will be in tough to make it to the national championship game, as only the top team from Canada West uh, qualifies, which is very strange for a region this strong. (laughs) Uh, This means that they will more than likely have to be perfect at the second tournament.
0: Yeah, the national championship is literally just a national championship game. They don't bother having the same type of national tournament that other sports do. There's like one Canada West team, one Ontario team. There you go. Play each other. And then that's the national champion. So the Thunderbirds, they're going to have to beat Victoria twice, most likely, assuming that Victoria doesn't lose to Calgary. Uh, the Thunderbirds will host the second set of four games. So hopefully that provides a lift for them. Uh, this tournament that will end their regular season takes place in two weeks time. All right,
1: and now moving on to the football home opener. Um, great crowd, great atmosphere. <laughs> but, um, unfortunately, that wasn't the home opener the T-Birds wanted to have, to say the least. Um, though, though a crowd of uh, 2,500 people turned out on a Friday night, UBC fell 43-15 to 15 to the Saskatchewan Huskies. I have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, is,
2: Mike has taken over my role as football guy from a couple of years ago, and I'm, I'm so happy that he has to deal with I, this. I,
1: am, are, am I happy? Or... <laughs> no, I didn't say you're happy. I said I'm happy that I don't have to, t-
2: that I don't have to do all this research. Um, oh, God. So I, on Friday night, I was invited to a, uh, a tango show at the Chan Center, <laughs> and I was like, tango? What? That's so weird. So I was weighing my options. I was like, what can I do with my Friday night? I could go to the tango show, I have no interest in tango music, or I could go to the men's football game. And I sat there and I thought about it, and I thought about the last homecoming game that we had, and I thought about their game last weekend. And after um, a little bit of hypothesizing, I was like, you know what, tango sounds great. I can't (laughs) wait. to watch something that i'll actually enjoy so that's what i did tango remains undefeated uh while the ubc thunderbirds um, are definitely not undefeated that's my little sidebar anyway (laughs) saskatchewan struck first early they scored on the first drive of the game as mason nyhus found sam baker for a touchdown and then after ubc had a two and out the huskies made them pay with another touchdown to make it 14-0 early.
0: Quarterback Garrett Rooker uh, was doing his best to lead (laughs) UBC offense. He got the Thunderbirds on the board with a rushing touchdown, the first of his career. But the Huskies then scored another touchdown and a field goal before the half to take a 27-7 lead into the break.
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) UBC then had a chance to score early in the second half, but failed on a third down on the goal yard, uh, on a a third and goal chance. That's really killed uh, any chance for a comeback um, and the huskies ran up the score further despite Rooker having a second touchdown I would also like to point out though that I am in the I am in the camp that that touchdown should have counted uh, on that third down. When they, when they were stopped in the,
0: the third and goal. They were not
1: stopped. They managed to get into the end zone. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. I, I had a front, vo- a front row view of
2: that. <laughs> uh, Rooker did end up being the offensive standout for the Thunderbirds. We're all about silver linings here. He completed 25 of 34 passes for 283
0: yards. He rushed for 52 yards as well, including both of the UBC touchdowns. Other offensive players for the Thunderbirds, Isaiah Knight, he had 85 rushing yards of his own on 11 carries. Pretty good return there. While Trey Kellogg was the top receiver, he had six catches for
1: 70 yards. I'd also like to shout out Jason Soriano and Robert Lutman for getting making good completions at very critical times to move the T-Birds down the field. Anyways, the UBC defense, on the other hand, had themselves a very, very rough outing. Um... The Huskies racked up 626 yards of total offense, averaging 12.1 yards per play for the game, which for those uh, who aren't familiar with football, that's equivalent to getting a first down each and every single pass they made. Uh they also averaged 13.7 yards per punt and 22.3 yards per kickoff return, so just brutal on yeah, the D-line s- part. 626 yards of total offense.
0: That's, I think that's a big number. <laughs> it is a big number. We can see, we see Corey here fuming silently.
1: <laughs> I, I, I do not see it. I choose I, not to speak. I pretend I don't see it. <laughs> uh, the
2: Thunderbirds struggled with their discipline as well. They committed 11 penalties, 101 yards lost there. To be fair here, the Huskies were not great in that category either. They had 10 penalties of their own uh, for 74 yards. So a scrappy game all around, but still a lot to clean up there.
0: Yeah, Thunderbirds, they are now 0-2, and an 0-2 start in this season is even worse than an 0-2 start in the previous season because there's only four more games left in this year. They only just started, and yet they're now a third of the way through the season, so if they're actually going to get anything out of this year in terms of being able to qualify for the playoffs, there has to be a switch flipped immediately because football is not like other sports where you can start 0-2 and then still have decent odds to recover if you start playing better. Like, if they don't start playing way better immediately, then it's going to be another season without a playoff spot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that sums it up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next, uh, well, this week they have uh, luckily a bye week to go figure some stuff out on the practice field. Um, They're playing against the Regina Rams on the road. Uh, who are one and one after beating Calgary, which was in in and of itself an upset. Uh, UBC has won four of the last five meetings with the Rams, though that also includes a loss that was later turned to a win when the Rams were discovered to have used an ineligible player. So um, maybe uh, that's how the first win of the season is going to come about. Well, I remember that actually
0: sparked a help spark a playoff push in the, a couple years ago when it happened. The Thunderbirds outside the playoff spot, and then suddenly Rams have to forfeit some wins. Thunderbirds. Bump up and they go on a winning streak, make the playoffs. It was a good time. So uh, Regina, we'll take what we can get. (laughs) (laughs) You you can do us a solid again. (laughs) Please, please do. Before we wrap up, we're going to take a quick look at some exhibition action for various teams, which includes men's hockey, men's volleyball, and softball. Yeah, men's hockey continued their perfect run in the Captain's Cup with a 5-2 win over Victoria
2: after a scoreless first period, they scored twice in the first two minutes of the second and never gave up the lead
1: from there. Liam Kendry, Tyler Sandu, Carson Miller, Jonathan Smart, and Scott Atkinson, all names you should be getting familiar with. Uh, they were the scorers this game, with Sandu also adding two assists. Women's hockey also took to the ice. They played Trinity Western here at home, not
0: part of any big tournament like the Captain's Cup and they won 2-1 off of two third-period goals. Yeah, after the Spartans took the lead in this one, in the second, it was Maya Beard
1: and Joel Fiala who scored for UBC to secure that victory. Men's volleyball was also in action. They played a series of three preseason matches matches, with two losses to Mount Royal in Alberta before beating Calgary to close the weekend. Yeah, the Thunderbirds, they were without star attacker
0: Michael Delhanyak for all the matches, but even so, losing two of those three, not an amazing sign, so hopefully by the time... This regular season actually starts a month from now. There will be uh, more in their groove. Interestingly, the one game that they did win of those three was when rookie setter Mason Greves received the start. And finally, softball played their first ever game on the UBC campus. Their new field, uh, the Collings Field,
2: that was a match against SFU. As mentioned last week, there were no scores kept for the
0: game, but it's a great milestone for the program. Yeah, I mean, it's still crazy to say softball played at UBC for the first time ever instead of Surrey. Wow, <laughs> over
1: I think that's over forty minute drive from here, right? Yeah, or I closer mean, to an hour with traffic.
0: That's de- I think it would definitely be longer than forty minutes depending on what the traffic <sighs> is like. But yeah, do, home. doing that. Many times a week when you 're living <laughs> on campus for your entire university uh softball career must not have been that fun, so it's great that uh the players on the team now can instead just walk uh however far it is from their dorms to uh collings field and play there yeah, much more convenient just before we wrap up here, folks we're going to talk
2: about what 's coming up over the next week before our next show. It is Thanksgiving weekend, uh, so not a lot of teams in action. A lot of teams on buys taking the week off. But uh, there is soccer on Friday and Saturday. The men's and women's teams are both playing the Heat from UBC Okanagan. Um, As well, on Saturday, there is a Trinity Western Invitational Cross Country Meet. Um, So we'll make sure to cover that as well. And then come uh, Sunday and Monday, wrapping up the Thanksgiving weekend. It's more action involving the UBCO Heat. They're hosting their golf invitational up in Kelowna, and our golf teams will be up there to wrap up their fall seasons. Look and
1: at, that's
0: it. Look at all of this UBC and UBCO Thanksgiving synergy. That's what it's all about. Family, coming home <laughs> for the holidays, the sister school, meeting up with them again. Hopefully... Uh, <laughs> We don't take it easy on them, and the. I mean, do you ever take it easy
1: on a younger sibling? Like, ever?
0: <laughs> as someone, as someone with a, a younger sibling, I can I can say uh, no. Yes. <laughs> I can just imagine us and UBCO
2: sitting together at the Thanksgiving table, and then Alberta comes knocking, on the door <laughs> and we don't let get them out in. of here, Alberta. <laughs> And with that,
0: thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is The Shakespeare Show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Corey Branson, and Mike Liu. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.